Go For Side Effects is sponsored by Wild Branch Products. Wild Branch is a truly pure cannabis oil. They make CBD containing 0.00% THC and no carrier oils. Use Wild Branch oils and salves to calm, cool, and soothe your body, leaving you pain-free. I put on the salve. I used the oils. I was able to walk for hours. I believe in this product 100%. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Click the link below. Thank you. Welcome to Go For Side Effects. I'm your host, Kevin Simon. This special edition tonight, I am calling this special edition. I got my co-host, John. I got Wade. I have Sarah. And we have Vance. Vance is a retired military. He was a chaplain and a counselor, and he's a licensed counselor. But right before we get into this segment and everything, I want to talk to everybody real quick about a program that was done a research goal for illness landscape is when like the main title of it, but it's the operation graduate grassroot education. When you open it up, it's going to come up. It will say goal for illness landscape. And it's about a research that they did. Denise Nichols has sent it out all over. And then also the PACT Act it's in the Senate. I need every one of the veterans, people who are not veterans. Everybody knows a veteran. This PACT Act is important. Call and email both of your senators. We need to get this passed so that way we can get our research and our funding done. Now let's get into the program. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Good evening. And thank you, everyone that is listening. I hope that you can hear me today. I'm not wearing my microphone, so <laughs> I'll use my military voice and sound off. Uh, today's, uh, this evening's show, we have a fellow veteran, as you heard Kevin Simon say earlier, Mr. Vance Whipple, and I met him here in Washington State as I was going through my medical care. I had reached out to our veteran family, and he was one of our veterans that um, is an amazing individual. He's a licensed counselor. He's just in a great addition to our chronic multi-symptom illness warrior group and i'm glad to have him on the show tonight so thank you without any further ado mr vance whipple go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself thank you sarah um yeah my name is vance and um i served 30 years in the army and the reserves and then another five as a officer in the guard uh chaplain at that point in time um I have since gone on to get my doctorate in uh, divinity, and um, I focused in mental health and chaplaincy. So fortunately, the state of Washington looks at that and says, okay, you got lots of counseling experience. You can come on in, you be a counselor. So I spend most of my time every day working with veterans um, and police officers. Um, all are suffering. And I want to let everyone out there know that no matter what you believe, if you believe that counseling is for weak people, 
um, counseling's not for me. I'm telling you, as veterans, we all need somebody to talk to. I know it's great to talk to our buddies, talk to our friends, talk to our uh, battle buddies, but you know, having somebody who does not have a stake in what went on with you, having somebody who's been there and done that, but is non-judgmental is really important because unless we can talk through the things that we've dealt with and um, be able to have somebody at least go and hold us, hold our feet to the fire there, we're not going to go anywhere. Uh, we have a resistancy as uh, service members. They're always taught that uh, we need to do this on our own. We're tough. A lot of us have heard, suck it up, buttercup. Well, you're not in service right now. And we are your battle buddies. We are the ones that are there for you. Counselors, especially those that are vets, understand this. And what I've come here to do is say, look, you need help. You don't want to go to a counselor you don't know. You can talk to me. Sarah was really good at saying, hey, we need somebody who's available and ready to help. And that's what I'm willing to do. I've, I've got 20 years of counseling experience, all right? Um, dealing with PTSD, moral injury, um, uh, traumatic brain injuries, um, military sexual trauma. You mention it, I've probably dealt with it, all right? I have my own demons I deal with every day as well. So don't be afraid to talk up, to speak out, and ask each one of your friends how they can help, as well as reach out to me. Um, I believe one of you has my email address to give out. I, I have it. I have okay. it. I, Great. Uh, well, I have it, but I got to go back it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the email is vance.whippo at live.com. Is, is that a good email for you? That, that one works. Vance.whippo at live.com or Vance at whippocounseling.org. Okay. Either of those works. I, yeah. I, I like to also the counseling one a little bit better, which right. I, I think is great. I, I think it's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the program. When we started this, when, you know, Sarah reached out to me and she was like, hey, how do we get these groups together and start getting these people's help? And because everybody has, everybody has their own issues that they're dealing with but we're all going through the same thing nobody knows what is going on with us we know what's going on we know what happened but no like i went to the VA yesterday so let's talk about that and so what when i went there vance the first thing that that came out of their mouth was he goes my, my, my neurologist goes, Kevin, you know, the, the tremors, it could be psycho, uh, something. Psychosomatic. Yeah. Psychosomatic. That's the word he used. And he goes from PTSD. And I said, well, I don't have PTSD. And he's like, oh, 
And then he was like, well, it also could be that you're just thinking too much about it and it's happening. And I'm like, no, that's not happening neither. I was like, you put me on medication for this. And he would not diagnose. And here's the problem that most of the veterans run into where they're, this to me, it made me feel a little bit more depressed. Not only did he not have a diagnosis, but he lives in May. I, I, I'll never see this doctor again. So I had to start all over. How, how do us guys deal with something like that? Yeah, the, the VA is very frustrating. I've been dealing with them myself for my own issues for years and uh, not getting very far. Right. But once again, we know that we're all suffering. And that's what we, we need others to recognize that. We go in there. They don't want to diagnose. Yes, we'd like to go and get something taken care of, but we just need somebody to listen to us and someone to understand. Um, we don't always get that with the VA. It sometimes feels like they don't get it. That's where we have each other. You go and you talk to your buddies. You come talk to me. We're dealing with the same thing. Problem with the VA system is we get ourselves so tied around this and get tied up in knots because it's uh, it's something that's not being fixed, you know. And when we have that issue, we just feel like we're going nowhere. But know you're not alone. And that's the big thing: is knowing that you're not alone. Taking the time to listen to your buddies makes me feel better as well, right? You just got done with the session and you didn't feel any better. Why do you think that was? I have no idea. No idea. Was it because they didn't diagnose you? Or is it because it's been the same thing going on and on and on? I think it's the same thing on and on. And they, yeah. and the first words that came out of his mouth is, because I brought up about the Gulf War and all the exposures. And he comes right out and says, yes, y'all are exposed to a lot of stuff. But without knowing exactly what y'all were exposed to, there's nothing that we can do. And he goes, I have no information about Gulf War illness or Gulf War mm-hmm. syndrome. And, and I'm, I'm like hearing all these people saying, we're doing research, we're doing this. I mean, we were just on a program not that long ago talking to the VA, talking about how much research they're doing. Zero. Right. Yeah, it makes you feel like, a, was somebody else trying to say something in there? Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Vance. So yeah, uh, my name's John. So I, I was uh, Army. Um, we're, we're outnumbering Kevin. Pretty good here. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was uh, in construction engineers, part of the title of combat engineers in the military. And Kevin just made a comment. Um, or perhaps it was you. I'm t- I got a short term memory, long term loss. Um, okay. <laughs> thinking too much that we're thinking too much yeah. so i i was i was i uh 
I was an NCO and I don't think as a matter of fact that I was an NCO after officer enlisted, whatever your rank was in the military. Um, is it, is it the fact that, is it because the way the military wires us, are we thinking too much? Are we inside our heads too much? To an extent, this is true. Um, the military has taught us to um, trust in ourselves, believe in ourselves to get through the mission, right? So we're not going outside of that. It's all internal. And that's what we do when we come out of the military too, is we're internalizing everything, right? We're going through this and going, okay, how can I help myself? What can I do? What's going on? And we think for the longest time that it's, we're going crazy. We think they're telling me there's nothing wrong with me. We believe that for the longest time. And then more problems start happening. And they keep saying the same thing. It's a continuous process of we're being beat down. We're being made to feel like we're less, like we're not important. And that gets to us. In our heads, we start questioning ourselves. We question everything because of it. Does that kind of, am I on the right track here with what you're talking about? No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, Vance. So I made, I made the phrase it. I, I kind of screwed. I, I was an NCO and then I made a comment about listen. Well, an NCO is an enlisted individual. What I, I meant to say is that as an NCO, you're you're put in a position where you give directed directives, um, not orders, directives to the lower enlisted, as you know. And it's all about okay, finding an find okay, we the whole you got a mission, okay. You're not done until the mission's over. And mm -hmm whatever that whatever finished is in your mind so when i went to when i actually went to uh, the va today and my therapist will say john you're um you're overthinking it or or maybe she likes the terminology be mindful and mm -hmm. i've shared that terminology be mindful to my wife and my wife goes that gets a little irritating everything about being mindful and i'm like so i ask you vance in a professional context, in your what is being mindful? Mm. <laughs> being mindful is the idea that we're in the present. All right, we're not thinking about the future or the past. All right, um, there are some scientific research to show that if we're focusing on the present, we're not letting the past experiences focus where we're going and we're not worrying about the future in your case this is not the situation so i can see how that would be irritating to you you just want to get an answer yes and you're not getting it correct all right there's a little bit different of a point of view from what they're saying and what you need mm. all right and unfortunately the va is not the best place to get our answers, all right? Especially as things are right now. The uh, individuals who are in charge are put in there for political reasons, 
and they use that to move on to their next step. Mm. So the doctors are decent. The therapists are decent, but there's no incentive to find a cure for the issues. All right. They don't know. They don't have the research is what they keep saying. There is research out there. So you're dealing with the frustration of them not finding an answer. That sounds like that's the case with a few of you. You know, it's, uh, we can't make them do what they want, except for the, what was it, the petition that's going out? Right. Is that what was Kevin? Yeah. Petition? Yeah. Yeah. So that's an opportunity for us to go and say something and say, look, we need help. We need you to pay attention to this. We need you to do something. Because as individuals, they don't listen to us. But as a group, nationally, we have more say. All right. I know I'm hope I hope Sarah, I'm I'm not, you know, using your name in vain here, but I know that Sarah's been having a real good run of luck with having therapists, doctors listen to her, which is awesome. I'm it's knocking uh, on wood. I'm knocking on wood, Sarah. <laughs> that's right. Knock on that wood. It's uh it's important that we have somebody that we can work with. And that's what this comes down to. I'm a therapist, you know. Me going off into what the VA is doing is, you know, yes, I did work there, but, you know, it's, it's not where my expertise is. My expertise is working with the individual, helping them to deal with the anxieties, the stresses, the, the depression that goes along with all the issues that we're having, all right? Being mindfulness is one of those techniques. Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I think you were just going to cover it before I jumped in and was going to ask you, what do you feel would be the best therapies for patients, pretty much any patient out there who's seeking diagnoses because the true way to treat any problem is to know what is causing it and through diagnosis is the only way to understand what is causing it and to properly treat the condition. And that is where the huge disconnect is between the chronic illness community and the medical community is understanding the importance of finding that diagnosis. And when we're not finding that diagnosis, the crushing uh, mental and physical uh, you know, uh, mentalities that come as a result of that so what would you state would be the best therapies in that regard to deal with uh not just your medical community but your family your veteran community and those communities that you feel are secure in um don't support you with that so what well, what would your best therapies be as an individual right the first thing i would say is what you're doing here all right, is a great therapy. You got a bunch of people who believe in you, understand what you're dealing with. You have to have that support group. If you don't have the support group, you're just floundering around like a fish out of water. So having that support group, letting people know, educating people, doing these petitions, 
these are things that are positive for the soul and for the mind because you feel like you're getting somewhere. The VA, not so much. Finding doctors outside the VA can be very helpful as well because there are doctors out there that do, or I should say are willing to take a look at things and go and say, look, okay, I, I understand what you're dealing with. Let's take a look at things. Um, those are some of the best things you can do in a larger sense, all right? And you're already doing some of those. Dealing with the issues that are specific to you, all right? Whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, these are things that are on individual level. Everybody's gonna be different, all right? I know that Sarah does a lot of things that are really good for her gets out there, goes for her walks, goes and, you know, spends time with people. These are wonderful things to help. All right. They're distractions. <laughs> they're, they're, what was that? Distraction. That's the key. Yeah. Distraction is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, trying to go and stay focused on this all the time because you're trying to figure it out. Like John was saying, you're in your head. They're telling <laughs> you you're in your head. I think, Kevin, you even said that, too. They were telling you you're in your head. To an extent, they're right. We're not talking about the disease is not in your head, although it might be partially to an extent because it affects everything. But when you're not being diagnosed, like Sarah said, you think about it. You're trying to figure it out all the time. You need to have those distractions. And that's where mindfulness comes in. That's what mindfulness is. It's a distraction. It's focusing you on the present. So you're uh, not. Does that make more you. sense now? That makes more sense. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're that focusing made the on... light bulb come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it takes little talking around things here to get to it. But uh, yeah, focusing on the present. Because in the past, we have all those traumas. And we're afraid those traumas are going to come to fruition again. And then we're worrying about the, the medical issues we have right now, which is in the future. So if we spend too much time in the past or too much time in the future, we're not focusing on the present. Mm. And that's something Sarah has been really good about. And uh, I really like that because distractions, staying in the moment helps you to deal with everything else. As we, if we worry more or if we become depressed, our health issues get worse, right? Is that- and often, if, Oh, go ahead, John. No, no, no. Well, I was just gonna say, if you, if, if you, if you worry more, my, my mother used to tell me that if, if I wasn't worrying about something, I'd think it's something to worry about. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, so fair statement, um, but, uh, so anyway, you mentioned if you worry, if you worry less, and I'm like, and be in the moment, and I'm like, okay, and stay away from the, is staying away from it, uh, well, I think I'm going to answer my own question there, but think, staying away from triggers is key, i.e., um, maybe not watch the news mm. hours on end about what's going on in the Ukraine, because oh, um, yes. that, my, 
you know, offense to my wife, but she has, a t she likes to do that. But see, I was in the golf when, so she's, she, in her mind, she's rewatching things when I was in the golf. And now I see her perspective. Oh, I, I see now what you were going through while I was there, even though we don't have a, she doesn't have a loved one in the Ukraine. The concept's kind of the same. I mean, you're seeing a lot of death and destruction. In it, right. And it's, uh, that's tough to watch. I got to walk away from that type of thing. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, John. I, I've got the same problem. Every morning I get up, turn on the TV, and that's all that was on the news there for the first month. Uh, they're getting better. It's disappearing. But uh, it was definitely hard for me, too, seeing all that. And I get myself wrapped up in it. And I found myself uh, going into the future. Uh, then also going back. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, I need to get involved in this. I need to do something. I think I even told Sarah I was thinking about going because I felt the need to, but I haven't. It's, um, we all have that need to do something. That's why we joined the military, right? We want to do something. We're patriots. We're, you know, doing something for other people. And we can't get rid of that because that's who we are. We're I always going to be like that. I didn't want to cut hair. <laughs> you didn't want to cut hair? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but, you, you know, I, I, I thought the Navy would always be cool, but I, I didn't want to cut hair with family. Well, I cut hair with family now, but, you know, right. I, I miss it every day. I want Wade to jump in here. I think Vance can open up a can of worms on this one. <clears throat> yeah, probably um, did. I've been in the center system since about 1995. And I'll scream to the top of the, the hill that uh, the, vets is, the vet center and the counselors they have there are great. Uh, they've helped me for a long time. I haven't always had great counselors. I currently have, a, I currently have an awesome counselor. Hmm. Like you said, he's a fellow vet, someone that I can bounce ideas off, thoughts off, how to improve things. Uh, he points out essentially my weaknesses and says, you know, maybe we can improve over here, you know. Maybe you should drink less, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. But uh, it is really good to have somebody that has who doesn't have a dog in the fight to talk to, unloaded on. Um, I thought one thing I was going to bring up is I thought Brian uh, last week, he brought up a good point that it doesn't matter what we did in the Gulf. Everybody had a specific job. It's a, it's a team effort. It's a mission. You know, I thought, you know, at the time, I thought for years, you know, what I did was pretty freaking hua and, you know, this would be great. But now 53 years old, all, you know, all messed up, um, having issues with my daughter and her health that I truly believe is related. You know, it doesn't really matter. We're all in the same fight together, just like we we're in the same fight back then. Uh, Vance brought up moral injury. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I, I feel like some type of a guilty sensation. Mm -hmm. And I did have a friend that, uh, he quote unquote suffered from moral injury and he was trying to go out and do great and wonderful things. And he has with helping vets. Uh -huh. um, I never saw it. I never understood it. I never really wanted to understand it. Um, I was in the infantry, the 82nd airborne. So we got to see some, you know, pretty nasty stuff. And never since the time I left there, have I ever felt guilty about anything where I should have been more accepting to him that he doesn't have my mentality. Everybody's different in the head. Right. And 
So, I mean, I, I, I feel guilty about it. It killed a friendship, but you know, that's, you know, that's where I'm at now. I, I, I know I was in the wrong in that situation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. We can all go into the same combat zone and we can come out with different injuries. Um, moral injury is one of those newer things that they, they used to lump it in with PTSD. Um, but as we found that some people come out and they don't have PTSD, but they still have this uh, depression from moral injury. And moral injury specifically is the idea that we were taught certain beliefs, certain morals and ethics. And then we witness something that is contrary to it or we're forced to do something that's contrary to it. All right. It's slightly different than PTSD. The PTSD deals with the, the effects of the combat zone um, or to the trauma that we've had. Uh, it could be uh, military sexual trauma, whatever. Um, but moral injuries is a very specific one. Quite often we see it with uh, people who are brought up in a specific religion where they believe that we shouldn't kill and then they're forced to kill somebody. Or they witness the rape of someone, which is contrary to their beliefs as well so it's just another one of those injuries that can happen um whether it's in peacetime or during war because ptsd moral injury they don't have to be specific to war as we know we can have a lot of these things in civilian life as well but the difference between vets and non-vets or those specifically civilians is we were trained to do things a little bit differently. We were trained to take care of ourselves. We were trained to take care of each other. Civilians, not so much. They have their community of people that they are with and the things that they deal with. But us as vets, there was a lot of basic training or boot camp, and we were taught that we have to be strong. We have to get through things. We have to convert our anxiety and our depression into anger. That's part of the reason we have a lot of anger. Um, it keeps us alive. That's kind of going off on a subtopic sub there. But um, yeah, I hear what you're saying with your friend with uh, moral injury there, Wade. And uh, you know, don't blame yourself, all right? It's, uh, that doesn't do you any good. And uh, obviously it's not doing him any good either. All right. It's, uh, it is what it is. And uh, what was it, yesterday, John, yesterday, the day before, we ended up in the same, uh, like a same thread. Uh, someone was asking for uh, advice, basically according to like uh, chronic fatigue syndrome or chronic fatigue. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really chime in a whole lot different groups like that and different conversations. Um, but one thing that I have noticed a lot, a lot of them is yes, the veterans are angry. They want answers. They're not getting answers. They want treatment. They're not getting treatment. They want disability. They're not getting disability. Um, but, and I'm making a big generalization here just from people that I've watched and th threads that I saw. They're getting angry, but they're not doing anything about it. You know, um, Self-accountability. If you want something done, you got to do it. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to be knocking on your door, handing you benefits, handing you medical care, anything like that. So like for me, it gets frustrating. 
Um, our mutual friend, Denise Nichols, does a fabulous job of putting information out there. I mean, the, the information's there. All the veterans have to do is reach out and, you know, talk to her. She'll talk to anybody, anytime, all hours, day or night. You know, she's there. But these vets, they just want to be angry. And there's, there's tons of studies going on right now outside the VA. They're all available. She knows about every single one of them. All they got to do is reach out, you know, and, but they continue to be angry. Um, I've been to, I've been to several studies myself, as far as I'm concerned in my health, I'm to the point where I'm over it. You know, I'm, I'm getting my treatment. I'm, I'm doing what they say, but I'm also going to outside studies and I'm doing it for my daughter. And that's what I was talking to John about uh, earlier about it is for me and my health at this point, I'm good. You know, I've, I've had a great life. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ride out, hold what I got, but I am going to do the studies in hopes that they will find an answer for our offspring that have problems. And, you know, I'm not saying somebody's not being grateful for not doing it, but don't put down other people who are going forward and who believe in it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, wait, to your point, yeah, I, like you had mentioned that the thread when we were looking, as you mentioned, the chronic fatigue and a lot of people do get angry. And like you said, they don't always move forward and do anything about it. You know, maybe just throwing stuff in the text on a particular web page, you know, you know, they're, they're kind of spitballing and, 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 and they got to want to do something about it. And like, I think you had mentioned, um, I think the last time we all got together that, uh, uh, just dropped my, my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta want to help yourself. And, um, like, like Van, like, like Van said, it, 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 you, you gotta have support group. You gotta talk to other people. And when, when, when we were just, when we were chatting back and forth just a little bit, I was like, huh, I'll try it. We were talking about the chronic fatigue and what you'd tried and, I'm like, what do I got to lose? It ain't, I mean, if you, if you, if you try nothing, you get nothing. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be willing to move forward. If you're just going to sit there and spin your wheels and, and, and hope like somebody's going to knock on your door, good luck with that. You know, and it, you gotta be willing to help yourself. And Sarah, I'm sorry. I, I kind of jumped over the top of you earlier. So my apologies. <laughs> No worries. There's plenty of time. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to state earlier was uh, that in all things in life, we must find balance. And that's uh, so true to what we're speaking to today, especially when it comes to anger. I still have a lot of anger. I am ex exploding with anger every day. And for the last 12 years, that's how I was. I exploded at everyone. It destroyed my relationships with my family, destroyed my relationships that I cared with the, about the most with my daughters. I had to work a lot uh, to recover those relationships and rebuild what I had destroyed as a result of my anger. And only was I able to balance that when I finally put that anger to where it needed to go. And that was to hold the government accountable for what they did to me, to my family and my veteran family. 
And that was a way for me to distract and place that anger where it needed to go and who deserved it the most. And that's why I started Operation Truth. That's why I got involved with our veteran family, our veteran community, our medical community, and our civilian communities so that I can place that anger where it is needed. And furthermore, I wanted to state that um, that is not a cure at all for your anger, but as a chronic multi-symptom illness patient, we can't go out there and, and punch a bag or conduct a sport that is of high physical intensity and get that anger out and frustration out as we used to. So we have all this stored energy and it has to go somewhere. So for me, it's about that balance and placing that frustration and anger where it needs to go. And yes, I have got a lot of closed doors and that makes me even more angry because our community is so against us, not just our civilian community, not just our government leadership, but our own veteran community and the VA facility um, health of healthcare is so against us. And that makes me even more angry to try to place that same anger towards those individuals that should be held accountable. It's difficult because they make it difficult for us to do so. You literally have to get an act of Congress to make change in the VA. And that is no easy task. So if anyone has any anger that they would like to place in the right people that should be held accountable, come join Operation Truth. Join Burn Pits 360. Join something and do something that will make positive change in the system for us all. And you will place that anger in the right place. Amen. I mean, uh, you, you know what, what a lot of veterans don't realize how important this is. It isn't just important for them. It's important for your loved ones. It's important for your children. It's important for everybody, your friends. But most of all, the biggest thing is the next generation of fighters. Uh, that's what a lot of people don't realize. When I and I spoke on this several times, y'all have heard it on there. When I first got out of the military, my mom was first time I ever heard her say the F word, and she goes, You're gonna go get counseling. And I did two years, I went two years, and and I, I don't, I you know, when I heard y'all talk about the guilt part and stuff like that. I, I can see where that's a part of it. You know, there's things that we did that I, I was happy about. I talked about it. I talk about it more. But I think because I went to that counselor, I was, I, I cried. I had anger issues. And, but I'm able to talk to my kids about it. And, and my wife, like, they never knew until I started this podcast. And like Sarah, when I got pissed off, I started this podcast. It took me getting pissed off. And that's the problem that I'm seeing more that people are really angry out there. And I, I want them, you know, I don't want people to come on here and share the stories that's going to upset you. I want you to share a story so we can help you. And, and that's why I started this. It's time to start helping veterans helping veterans. And that, that should be our slogan, veterans helping veterans. 
There is a charity that I believe is a 501c3. If they're not a charity, they're definitely an organization. They, I think their name is already Veterans Helping Veterans, but I like that slogan. And it's definitely one that I use as a hashtag all the time because we are truly the only individuals that understand what we are going through. Peer-to-peer uh, -peer support is incredibly important, and which is why I wanted to have Mr. Van Swivel on today so that he could have that peer-to-peer -peer and that counseling aspect because he has the knowledge to get through it. So Mr. Vance, I wanted to pre present another question to you. One mm -hmm. that has been extremely troubling for myself and that is feeling like a burden. As mm. we decrease in our abilities and we lose our independence, we feel not just a burden on society, not just a burden on our veteran community, not just a bird, burden on our civilian society, but as a burden to our families. And I almost took my own life last year when I got the, when I lost my ability to drive because I felt that was all my independence. I lost every independence and I would now be a burden to everyone. So what would you recommend? What is the best therapy for an individual that is going through that, that feels like a burden? How do they get through that and survive so that they can thrive? Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22, what you're dealing with there. When you feel that way, when you feel like you're a burden, when you feel like you're of no use, we start pushing people away. We come up with excuses, all right? somebody starts getting too close to us, we push them away because we don't want to be that burden, all right? This is the same thing that, that elderly people, geriatrics go through too as they get older, but we're young and we're dealing with it, right? We have to be willing to open ourselves up. We have to be willing to go and say, look, I know I'm scared. That's what you need to tell yourself. I know I'm scared and I'm pushing people away. It's the acceptance portion of it that's really important. Otherwise, we continue to do the same thing over and over and over again until we end up alone and by ourselves. And that's not where we want to be because what helps us to thrive is to have people that we know are there for us. We can still be independent as much as we can. In your case, I know you a little bit. I've seen how independent you are. And you hang on to that. Like it's, it's your, your trophy. <laughs> it's you. Been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you. But There's like you said. Lots and lots of reasons for that. Yeah, I know. But, but you're making headway with your daughters, which is wonderful. You're bringing them back in your life. You need people. You need this group. You need people to talk to. Being scared is what we all do. We've I been think, taught. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you hit the nail on the head with acceptance. And that is key, especially for me, was accepting that this was my life accepting that there is no cure, accepting that uh, 
in order to be independent, I would need to find a different way to be independent. I could still be independent, not re have to re rely on people to take me places, not have to ask people to take me places, not have to pay people to take me places. I could still be independent and get there on my own. I just needed to adapt and overcome and accept my new lifestyle, that it was right. going to be okay, this new lifestyle. And to, to look out at the rest of, not compare myself to the other individuals that are crippled and disabled, but to understand that if they can live this way, so can I. Right. But there's also that other aspect there too. We always want to compare ourselves to other people. That's in our nature as human beings. And that's where we get it wrong sometimes too. When we start comparing, we start seeing the little things that we either have or don't have. We see that in social media today with the younger generation. They're, they're so scared about what they don't have or what another person does have. We're like that too. Maybe not to the same extent, but when we start losing our abilities to do things, we start clinging for those things. We start reaching for those things. And the, those are the things we need to realize. Do we really need that? What we really need is we need friends. We need people who are going to be there for us and not push people away because that gives us strength, right? Absolutely. Right, people. Not the toxic yes. one. Yes, I, you don't want the toxic ones. <laughs> hey, you know what? Kudos, kudos to you, Sarah, for for accepting things because I will be straight up and say, uh, my my therapist Julie, phenomenal. I her and I get along. She's taught me a lot, but acceptance is not something I am worth a crap at. I it's a really hard pill for me to swallow because acceptance means I'm I I in my for me it's like okay. It is what it is. And I know Wade, you had mentioned that. And the vast majority of us all military, we've heard the term a thousand times. And sometimes we say it, that's, it is what it is and freaking move forward, right? Yeah. Every day. That, you know, and Wade, Wade was kind enough to share something he had found for chronic fatigue. And that was, that was essentially when I, when I was talking to, to Wade, and it's because I don't, I'm looking for another outlet. I don't want to just accept it for my, my chronic fatigue for what it is. And when I say accept, it's mean, okay, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh at myself. It's being mindful, right, Vance? I got it. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. It's just, ah, oh, I, I, you know, Sarah, yeah, when you're accepting things, I can't even imagine, um, you know, because we've all have our struggles with the various things and, and, and not being able to drive and, 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 and one thing after another. And it's like, yeah, but that's when talking to people is really important. And, and I think it's, it's military people because the civilians, in my opinion, they, empathize but they haven't worn the uniform they haven't been in our that they, oh, they haven't been in our positions you know and you get that military mindset 
and you hear that, I'm all ears. Let's talk because you get it. Whoever, you know, whether, you know, a fellow veteran out on the East Coast that I was talking to, she says, I don't want to be acknowledged as a woman. I want to be acknowledged as a veteran. You know, we are all treated the same. And then her and I had a rather lengthy, phenomenal conversation. And I'm like, it's nice to hear that perspective because I, you don't always get that. So. Well, on top of that also is, you know, all of us, that's why I brought y'all three in with me on this, on, on this round table is because we all, I, I knew we all clicked in some form and we all like helping other veterans. And I think that's the key thing is each and every one of us, we all have, we were all in this service, even though I was in the Navy, the best one, but Hey, no, no offense guys and girls. I was just telling y'all right now, but I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, well, I had to make a Navy joke. I mean, heck, but what I mean, I consider this kind of our group, and 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 I like it. Ever since I started this, I really don't feel alone anymore. I I, I mean, I I'm I'm able to talk more about my time in the service, even the bad stuff. I, I'd always tell the funny stuff because I always was involved in doing something stupid, but. You could always tell the funny stuff, but you couldn't tell the bad stuff. And the more and more that I talk to veterans and the more and more they're coming out, they're like, man, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, so every day, step by step, we're going to reach more people. And I think that's the key. And I'm going to let Wade have the floor now because I know he's, I can see it in his eyes. He's got something to ask. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, about disability claims. Um, the veterans out there, that's another thing they seem really uh, angry about. Um, and just a positive story. I got a friend of mine. I honestly, we've been friends for 14 years. Never knew he even served in the Gulf in the Navy. And a few years I started climbing and I'm like, that's okay. And, uh, Told him, hey, you need to go get shot, dude. You're breaking up, Wade. Got him into the V system. And uh, his original data claim, first, and he just received the award letter now. He's at 80%. Be one of those that's down the road is going to have to accept his disabilities are coming. Um, they've been in three years of testing. They cannot find out what's wrong with him. Still, it, it, it's a brain injury. It's an undiagnosed neurological disorder of the brain. And, uh, but, you know, for a lot of veterans out there who are frustrated, you know, just, just keep at it, keep fighting, get yourself a good veteran service officer, BSO, you know, and just, just keep going for it. It's, it's, we are essentially similar to the Vietnam vets where it's been so long that our disabilities have finally getting recognized. You know, I fought with them for over 22 years. He had to fight with them for five months. So, I mean, it's, we're, we're getting there slowly, but surely. 
And the other thing that uh, I know, I know one thing that really Denise is really big on is these reports and these studies, printing them off and sending them to your, your doctors. I'm going to be honest with you. I have, a, I have a phenomenal primary care physician. She doesn't have time or probably really the desire to sit down and read everything I'm going to send to her. Um, but there is, I did come across it today. And this is from the War-Related Illness and Injury Study Center. A lot of people have heard of it. A lot of people haven't. But they are, it was originally formed for Gulf War veterans. You know, they do a lot of other things, but that's what the original agency was formed for. On their website, they have a Gulf War illness uh, information, if you will, but it's for the healthcare workers and your doctors. It's three pages long. Something like that, going to a primary care. I have a neurology appointment on Thursday. I'm going to take a copy of it with this. He's from the University of Iowa. He has no idea about Gulf War illness, I guarantee it. But maybe if he reads this, you know, I mean, he's, and apparently he's a big wig. I've, I've waited four months to get in to see this guy. So. Lost your audio, Wade. Yeah, we lost your audio, Wade. Just real quick, we did. We got the Iowa part, and he's a big wig. But, you, you know, like I tell a lot of the veterans out there that I talk to, a lot of them were like, hey, how would you describe veteran care? And I was like, right here, it's a Band-Aid on top of a bullet hole. And I was like, I almost did this yesterday. I almost thought about bringing a Band-Aid, putting it on my forehead, and I had them ask me, hey, what's that about? And I'll be like, all y'all doing is put, putting a Band-Aid on something that y'all ain't going to fix. But these guys with Gulf War illness, I, and, and Vance, I, this is, to, to me, probably more of a question for me because when you're talking about that it could be inside your head, some of it, what would you recommend for veterans out there that are suffering, you know, every time they take a step, every time I take a step, it reminds me of what happened. How do you how do you get that out of your head? You're never going to get it out of your head. The best we can do, like I was telling John, and we were talking about mindfulness, using techniques that'll help keep you in the moment. If you can get temporary relief from it, I'm sorry, you know, drinking, drugs, whatever, that's just another crutch. It temporarily relieves the issue, but doesn't get rid of it, right? So we have to find ways, techniques that are going to work for us. And there's different techniques that are going to work for everyone. Um, you know, if, you, if you know, somebody wants to call me, they want some help with it, I'm more than happy to give them some ideas for it. But everybody's going to be unique and what's going on. Um, just this is sort of related here. Uh, Wade was talking about VA claims. I just wanted to say, I understand the frustration. Um, I put in my first claim 12 years ago. I finally, after eight years, got a percentage. They gave me 10%. I've been in for 35 years. I've jumped out of airplanes. My left leg is a mess. They gave it to me for tinnitus. Of all things, I didn't even request tinnitus. So, I hear what you're saying, 
about the frustration every time, in my case, quite literally, every time I walk, I feel it. I'm reminded. But I have to stay in the moment. I have to think about the good things I have going on right now. The family I have, my kids, my mother, my brother, um, the job I have, the, the things that I have to look forward to helping other people. Those are the things that keep us in the moment. It's harder for those of us who are disabled to the point we can't work anymore. Um, and I'm actually dealing with that a little bit myself right now. Um, I have a huge hearing loss in my left ear. Technically, I can't hear anything through this ear anyhow. Um, but the VA's denying it, denying, denying, denying. This is my job is being able to hear. So it gets harder for me to stay in the moment because I start worrying about what am I going to do? So finding techniques that are gonna work, going out for a walk every day, looking at the flowers, looking at the trees, pay attention to the smells that you, you can smell in the air or the sounds that you hear. These are some techniques that can be helpful for us to stay in the moment. It's not an easy process. If we're one of those people that's daydreaming all the time, thinking about the past or the future, you need some counseling to focus on that. If it's an occasional issue, these techniques, you know, counting, you know, uh, things that you can, five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can smell, two things that you can touch, and one thing that you're grateful for, it's a distraction. Like Sarah said, it's learning to distract yourself. So what everything comes down to. If it's all the time, we need to talk. Another thing, yeah. go ahead. Another thing I just wanted to add was, uh, whew, I just lost it. Dang it. It was so critical and a piece of what would tap into what you're saying. Uh, go on. Never mind. That's a veteran <laughs> thing right there, too. You know, we, our memories oh, are shot. Thank you. Okay. So, what I was saying is routine. We are so used to routine as our military lifestyle that as a veteran, especially when you can't work, it's critical to have a routine. And I'm not talking about specific to time because every day is different. You might wake up in excruciating pain and not be able to do your self-care until later that afternoon. So routine to for a chronic illness patient would be more so project related. Mm -hmm. For example, having a routine that you do at least one self-care project that uh, increases your mental and physical ability um, once a day or once a week or whatever it can through that your, your own limitations is key to having you retrain your brain in a, a, in a way that can get back to what you're used to of a routine. And using that time for self-care could be many different things. It could look like a, a, a minimal um, uh, physical uh, ability, like uh, yoga or something to uh, assist with your physical limitations, 
or it could be a project that you're working on, um, like uh, a hobby that you enjoy. Um, it could be like Vance was saying, a going for a walk. Getting yourself out of that environment that is a trigger is key as well, because to continue to be in a toxic place is only going to continue to toxic, you know, toxify the mind. So um, routine is important. Self-care is important. And ensuring that you're giving yourself that critical time to be aware of your triggers, to be aware of what you need to do to take yourself out of that mindset. That's very true. Um, and that's one of the things I would work with uh, clients with is coming up with a schedule, a plan of action, how we're going to go about, you know, getting you back to a routine that uh, is going to help deteriorate the issues you have. The one big thing that I can say, and this comes from a being a chaplain as well as being a therapist, we have to give ourselves grace. That's one thing we don't do enough of, forgiving ourselves for the things that we think that we should have done for the day or, or we didn't get accomplished or we did do, you know, um, we have this habit as vets of having the goals. And when we don't accomplish those goals, it seems like we've got a lot of guilt going on there. Having grace for ourselves is the hardest thing. We can forgive others, but forgiving ourselves is huge. And that is one of the things that's going to help you move forward as well. So on top of that, just remember grace for yourself. I, I, I totally agree with that. You, you know, and I'm still working on a couple issues back in the Navy days, but almost every time I pray, I bring up a couple other issues over and over and over. And it's like, how many times do I got to keep over and over and over? I, I think, you know, some, some way you got to get past that and let it go mm -hmm. and, and everything. I think that was probably some of my biggest issues while I was in. I, I, I just, some things I just cannot let go. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm getting there, but it, it is just a couple little items, uh, you know, I'll work through, but I do believe I have a like I tell everybody, I have a great church family. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm telling you like whenever I, I need something, I could call my pastor and he'll be like, come over here now. And I'm like, yes, sir. Get over there and I'll be <laughs> able to talk to him. It, it does. Right. It, it helps me. Right. Having a group like we were talking about at the beginning is important, whether it's a church group or it's a veterans group. There's so many veterans groups out there. Just find one that works for you. You need to find a place where you feel at home. You feel like you can talk. Uh, you can go and laugh and joke, preferably without the alcohol and the drug use. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, this is how we process things. Um, some, one of you was talking about how, um, having a vet, I think it was, uh, John was talking about having a, a vet for a counselor or a vet for a doctor is really important. And believe me, I know it makes it much quicker to start that conversation and to feel like you're being listened to, but there are some good non-vet 
doctors and therapists out there as well. It may take a little bit longer and it's not them, it's us. Because we have high expectations. Because we want the answers right now. And a veteran makes it easier. We don't have to go through all the acronyms. We don't have to go and spell everything out. Where a non-vet doesn't know those things. But they care. And that's the big thing. So anybody who cares about you is better than someone who doesn't. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, there, there are days I'll call John and, and or I'll call Wade and I'll be like, hey, I, I, I got to get some of my mind. I mean, I've had Wade one night when I got really frustrated about a certain situation. Wade's <laughs> like, call me, call me. And so I called him and, man, he talked me down. And I was just like, <laughs> but it, it's just amazing that it, it is true because, I, I mean, there's certain people that you keep in you that you have in your life, and I'm grateful for everybody I have in my life that they can calm me down. Mm-hmm. And and it just seems I think that's very important having a good group of people, mm-hmm. not toxic, but a good group of people. Right. And Sarah's my groupie too. <laughs> <laughs> It's, um, it's a very important thing that we forget about. Um, I, I don't know what the numbers are right now with um, suicides, but I know they're still high. They're, they're still unacceptable. 18 a day. 18 a day right now. Okay. Those are the official numbers. Them are official numbers. Right. It's... Um, when I was uh, working on my doctorate degree, I was doing research on it. And I actually found that the numbers that were coming up as official were actually very low um, because the Vietnam vets weren't going and putting any information into the system. They weren't registered with a VA. They didn't want to be involved. So a lot of numbers weren't being kept track of. But I find that most of the suicides or the suicidal ideations come from individuals not talking, keeping it to themselves, um, allowing their shame and guilt to overtake everything. This is where you guys have put something together here that is really important. And I'm hoping that a lot more vets will tap into this. Uh, Do you know what your numbers are by any chance, Kevin? It, it, it varies because we're on so many platforms. Okay. And so uh, uh, if I had to give a rust estimate, uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to ask my producer. Probably, I know on Facebook, we have thir- 1,300 and something. YouTube, I'm trying to build that up. And it's about almost at 100. But on the other platforms, we don't, maybe about 4,000 on top. So probably in between five to eight. Okay. So you're reaching people and that's important. You are the lifesaver. This group is a lifesaver for those vets out there who don't reach out to anybody. They just sit and they'll watch your videos. They'll look at your YouTube channel. 
They'll look at your Facebook, but they don't reach out. Even if 1% do, you've made a difference. And I pray that you continue with this effort. I'm here. I'm here to listen to anybody who wants to email me. All right. Give me some information. Give me your phone number. I'll give you a call. It's um, you are loved. You're cared about. We're all vets. We greatly appreciate um, all, all your professional uh, information, Vance. It's you, you, uh, you, you speak well. And uh, it, it is, uh, I, I believe, believe it was weighed um, the last time we, we, we spoke uh, on a podcast. He made a, a valid point is that it's one person at a time. You can't, you know, it, it's exactly that. It's one person at a time. I see somebody on a, on a, on a, on a vet site that is maybe frustrated or whatever the term you know, angry for whatever reason, and you can't make them communicate to you. But again, I feel, okay, a lot of people will say, oh, prayers, this, that, and that, which is fine. Then I will private message them and say, this is who I am. Try and reach out. I can't make them reach out, but I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm here. How can I, how can, how can, how can we help? You know, how can Kevin, you know, give him Kevin's number because, you know, I say, Kevin, this is who, you know, trying to help he or she may, may or may not come forward here again. We can't make them. It's one person at a time, you know, mm -hmm. and hey, if, if a tenth of a percent, any percent, one person, one person, you know, that's we all want to just help because we're all in the struggle together. Right. It, and it's and it's and it's tough. It's really tough. It is. If it wasn't for these platforms, you wouldn't have even that tenth of one percent. Yeah. So before you advance, if I could. Yeah. I'm just curious, uh, like with the different veterans, I say particularly our uh, generation, our era. I've seen reports, um, but the predominance of uh, drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. um, seemed like uh, I, I, as drugs are becoming legalized across the nation, but they said predominantly alcohol. Right. I, see a lot of that. I see a lot of vets. Um, I know that everybody has their own medication of choice. I, I don't see occasional use of anything being a problem, but when we're dealing with a lot of trauma, if we don't have a support system, we continue to use and use and use and use more it gets us in the, the cycle of spiraling down. Um, a good portion of the vets that I see are in that hole. And the only way to get them out is I have to go down that hole with them to get them out. It can be kind of scary sometimes. Um, if we can reach people sooner, we can reach those vets sooner, we can help them quicker. But we, we have this, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, this whole idea of suck it up, buttercup, take care of yourself. You know, it's like only, only the strong survive attitude, which was what got us through combat, right? You know, it's like, we're strong. 
but it doesn't work well when we're by ourselves. We don't have our battle buddy next to us, right? We don't have the, we don't have the rigors that we can depend on. We don't have the, the um, jump masters who are double checking us. We're just out there by ourselves. We're suiting up ourselves and we're going to jump out of that plane. Sorry, I'm putting it in terms. <laughs> um, they say about the second, uh, the most fit alcoholics in the world. Yeah. The what? I, I sorry, you broke up there. The what? Uh, the eighty-second, the most fit alcoholics in the world. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably true. Yeah. They, it's, they, uh, they never were on board USS San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the most vets I've been getting lately have been Marines. Yeah. Uh, the Marines have uh, the these wars we've been fighting in i'm sorry they can call them whatever they want but their wars um have been hard on them because they're sending the marines in there and they're keeping them there you know it's like they send them in to some of the hardest battles yes the army's there too but for some reason the marines i'm getting are just torn apart not just mentally but physically too um these guys have got so many physical ailments along with their traumatized brains from everything they've dealt with. The only difference is, is they're, I hate to admit it, the Marines are smart enough to know when they need help. And so they actually come in and ask for the help. Um, I don't get that with the other services quite as much. In fact, I've got some Navy guys who are probably the most resistant. They're there because their wives told them either that or you're gone um obviously i've never been in navy i don't know what navy guys had to deal with i just know my father was a navy guy and he said why walk if you can ride uh, so, damn right <laughs> <laughs> uh, my father had ptsd he would never admit to it uh, he finally did to my brother and i uh, when he was older um but he had lots of things that he just felt like he couldn't talk about until he was in his probably his 70s and uh, that's a long time to hold that stuff yes uh, so yeah i just i want people to come forward i want them to talk i'll listen if that's all they want they don't want me to analyze them psychoanalyze them i'm not going to do it i just listen that is that, that's awesome and please give out your email again it's uh vance at whippocounseling.org and i mean we'll have this up on our our page too and, and everything and does anybody have any other questions for vance I do, but we can wait for next session. Are, are That's going to be a lengthy discussion about intergestational trauma and how we need to stop it. That, I, and I agree with that. I, and that right there needs to be a whole another hour and a half to two hour conversation on that. A hundred percent. I agree with you on that. hundred percent. But would you be willing to come on with us, uh, it's going to be in about another month. Would you be willing to come on one more session if, whenever the date's good for you? Uh, yeah, it would probably have to be 
beginning of June. Okay. That, I'm that... leaving in a couple of weeks for Indonesia. So oh, well, I won't oh, be around right. for a few weeks. Okay. And so we'll, I'll have Sarah get in touch with you and figure out a good date yeah. and bring you back on a, on a Tuesday night. And I, I think we need to go over what Sarah's talking about. And I, yeah. I think that would be a, a great topic for next time. But, you know, and next week on the program, we're going to end up having uh, Joe on there. Uh, me and John are. We're going to be talking to Joe, and I'll be talking to John about what's going on with him. But, I, Vance, Chaplin, thank you so much. Sarah, Wade, and John, thank you all for coming on to the program. And this is this is my roundtable. I, I love it. And I'm glad. And let everybody know, give all the kudos to Sarah. I know. Yes, because you contacted me. And you said, Kevin, what do you think about doing this? And I was like, great idea. So you deserve all the credit for what this is going on. That credit goes to my team at Operation Truth. Okay. Every, month, every month we have a board meeting, and that was something that they put out there. You need to reach out to Kevin's, Kevin Simon and get on his show. And so we did. I think, and well, so, I think we should we do this every month. It. Thank you Absolutely. so very much. This is awesome. Yes. Well, thank you all for putting this together and making it happen. I couldn't do it without your bo your podcast broadcast. Couldn't do it with all your information, the education that we we bring to the table at this roundtable. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming and joining us. And I want everybody to have a great evening and bless every single one of y'all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Y'all, please go to my website at goal4sideeffects.wordpress.com or email me at kevinsimon at goal4sideeffects.com and please help support